Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. And I am not in Denver, but I am at the Houston Marathon Expo. Yes, we are very excited to be here in Houston. We have had such a warm welcome here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, first of all, we want to thank the Houston Marathon for um, bringing us here and for hosting us. So, thank you very much. But, so, yesterday... I, you know, when we come to an expo, we also sell our merchandise. So I came and set up the booth and then worked with some awesome volunteers who were helping us out. And Dimity flew in and tell them what you did. You went to the hotel room. You took a hard nap. I took a hard nap. I needed a long, hard nap getting up at 430. It's been a busy week. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So then, so then I come back, I went back to the hotel room and I was all hopped up from <laughs> expo excitement. And I come into the room, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then there's this one woman, and she was telling, you know, this, this, and then, uh, oh, and there was this guy who, oh, George, and da 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 all that stuff. And and I could tell Timmy, it was like, that is a wall of words. I just <laughs> woke up. Like, back off. Give me, give me a moment here. So, I mean, it was, I was truly on a high after being here at the expo. And I'm walking back and forth on the corridor to get here, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that familiar expo buzz. Yeah, well, and everybody, yes, people are like, you're coming back, right? You're coming back. Oh, I know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas, you guys have a big welcome. Big state, big welcome. It's really yes. nice. And a big love of uh, the word badass, uh, that yeah. we have our uh, badass mother runner tees and some of them have kind of more of a dainty design on them and then we have one this tech shirt that's oversized and it says badass and probably i don't know two inch high letters and we debuted it in cape cod massachusetts and people were like mm, that's really kind of big and here there people were like do you have this on any other shirt and i'm like oh you don't think it's too big oh no it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so we, though, have, unfortunately, neither of us has run while we've been here. Well, you tried this morning. Sarah gave it a college try, but tell us tell what happened. <laughs> so, you know, had to be here pretty early, so I actually remembered to bring my knuckle lights, and so I was going to be safe. And then, But the weather app, when I packed, it said it was going to be 37, I think, in the morning. So I packed one of my warmest long-sleeve shirts, this vest that I wear all the time, capris, and gloves and the whole thing. And then I wake up and my app says it's 61. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I sweat so badly. I sweat so heavily. I can't go out in a, this heavy long sleeve shirt. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a total fashion don't. And I wore just my vest, sports bra, <laughs> vest, and then the capris. And oh, it was good. I it mean- was dark. Yeah, yeah, it was dark. But because you wouldn't wear, I mean, Sarah, you have such a, a, a rule against wearing a lifestyle. I debated, I debated. Can you believe it? I debated wearing it. And I thought, no, because if I wear it once running, then how much I sweat, particularly here in a humid climate, it would be relegated to the, you know, recycle. Like, yeah. 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 So, so I went out and it was just too dang windy. Like, even with my mass, I was having trouble making forward progress while I was trying to get my Garmin signal in the alleyways of downtown, you know. And uh, so, no, I went back into the hotel gym because I, unlike Dimity, am not intrepid and not really truly badass because you <laughs> did an amazing workout yesterday. Well, I don't know about it. I would call it amazing, but I went to the gym. And um, it was just a little, like, coming from Colorado, where it is, like, dry as the desert there, and everything here just feels stuffy to me, which is, a, in, a, in a good way, it just feels humid, like, I don't need as much lotion on my face and stuff, but there's a lot of humidity that hangs in the air, and there was a lot hanging in that, that gym, and it was warm, and it was stuffy. And small. And small. And they didn't have a bike, which is what I really mm-hmm. wanted to do. I didn't want to be on the treadmill or elliptical. So, um, 
So uh, when I trained for the Grand Canyon, I spent a lot of time in stairwells mm-hmm. of hotels um, when I was traveling. So I just hit the stairwell um, mm-hmm. and, and climbed for like 50. And the alarm was going off. That, <laughs> that was the best part. So at about um, probably 15 minutes into my workout, I could, ee, ee, an emergency has, we've been notified of emergency, head to the nearest exit. And um, you're like, I'm in the exit. I know, exactly. <laughs> and wait, wait for their instructions. And it went on for probably about 10 minutes. And I was like, oh. And you know, you know, you just find your workout group. And you're like, I have to stop. I, you know, and and I didn't smell any smoke. And I was in the exit. Like, I mean, if if there was an issue, people would not be taking the elevators. In the right? event of an actual emergency. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They would be taking the stairs, and not one person came on the stairs. So I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's that's what I did yesterday. And you were drenched in sweat when you got back to the hotel. Well, that's yeah. That's a little bit of the stuffiness too, or the mm-hmm. I shouldn't say stuffiness because I love Houston. Um, and but it's just the humidity. It's just so different for me. So different. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany kind of then thinks that the shirts like fail the tech. She's like, this doesn't wick. I mean, look how sweaty I am. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. That's, that's actually just how it works. It doesn't automatically dry. (laughs) It does. It does on a long run. Uh, Come run in Colorado and you will not know that you've run except for that. Your face feels like, you know, sandpaper with this, with the salt. Yeah, no. So it happens when you come to the Pacific Northwest too. You're always like, "Ah, the shirt's not working. And I'm like, it's just, I've learned. I've learned. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So our two guests today are both generous enough to uh, spend some time with us today, even though it is the day before the Houston Marathon, and they are both running it. Uh, One guest is a speedy mother runner with the cutest baby son, who is almost seven months old, and the other is a speedy father runner who holds several world records. Uh, Two of them, one is her pushing a running stroller in a marathon, and the other one is pushing a stroller in a half marathon. So we will chat with them right after this quick break. Stay with us. Our first guest is Megan Saloom, a native of Houston, who ran the 2016 Olympic Marathon Trials after qualifying at her hometown marathon in a PR time of 2.43. Megan is now a mother runner, having given birth to a beautiful baby boy not quite seven months ago. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Thank you all so much for having me on. Yeah. So first off, tell us about your son, Drew. I mean, hashtag that hair. Yes, I, hashtag long hair don't care hashtag he came out with a full head of hair and he's seven months old now he lost a little bit of it but still has a great faux hawk going mm-hmm. so yeah, there ain't nothing faux about that hawk yeah yes it is that's the comment we get when we go out and about it's always the hair so he has been a great sleeper so okay from the very beginning, he, it hasn't been bad, but then re- what he was doing, he had the passy, and so he was kind of waking up in the middle of the night, we were doing the passy dance, and in the middle of the night, waking up, go put the passy back in, and we told, but I, it was a few times a night, but we are still getting a good amount of sleep, so I told some of our friends, yes, like, you know, we're good, and they were like, oh, but you're still waking up in the middle of the night, and I was like, mm. oh, yeah, well, we're still waking up, and so he said, so it's not really going that great, oh. and I was like, well, I guess not, so we just recently started sleep training. Mm, that's tough sleep training and he has been a champ about it we started about a week or so ago and so he's been sleeping through the nights and doing really well can he find his own passy now okay before we did the sleep training i put about five passies in the crib and tried that (laughs) tactic and it it actually worked but you know i said let's go ahead and just do the sleep training and see you know get rid of the props and um anyway he's been doing great so no passy he's done with the passy too he he gets the passy during the day but no passy at night no oh, passy wow. no passy when we're going to sleep you are a, you, you, you run a tight ship Megan. <laughs> I, 
I'm I'm serious about my sleep, you I, know, I, yeah, and as especially as a runner. As you but. should be. Well, so yeah. So tell us about your running journey. Um, you started in junior high by throwing up on your first run. Is that right? Yes. I don't remember saying that. So I don't know. I guess I told y'all that. I don't remember you know, saying it, that. It was a Q and A. We found, I found it online. It had just a treasure trove of Megan Saloon oh, that's information. So funny. Yes, I did throw up on my first workout. It was quite embarrassing. Um, but anyway, yes, I started in junior high because I did not want to be in the PE class. I wanted to be in athletics. And so I, the only thing I could do athletically was run. I couldn't even do that. Well, obviously I threw up, <laughs> but, um, but I tried that out and anyway, it took me to here. And so that went on to high school and then we went on to college mm -hmm. and then post collegiately. And so that's kind of my quick summary of my that running is a journey. Quick summary. Yeah, <laughs> and then the Olympic trials. Well, and so let's talk a little bit about the Olympic trials. I mean, for many runners, um, simply qualifying for the Olympic trials, even though it has the word Olympic in it, it's not like you are planning that to making on the team. It's, it's a really high bar to set just to make the trials, right? And to, right, and, uh, right. To be able to participate in them, Exactly. Correct? So there was about 200 or so runners at the trials, and three of them get to go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So you kind of know where you're ranked and what – you know, where you're expected to finish in that pack of 200-ish. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yes, it's really about what, if you can qualify getting there, the experience and being there was amazing. Um, but, yes, so that's true. Yeah, well, and, and, and you're, um, you talked a little bit about that qualifying race um, on this <laughs> unnamed interview that we can't, <laughs> you know, you've never heard of. Um, but uh, you were training for, what, like a 110 half marathon, and you were like, you know what, I'm just going to go for the marathon, right? Or like 115, you, or right? 115? Yes, yes. Okay. I was So I was running the half marathon, and I'd never done a full. I was banging my head against the wall trying to get this time, and it just wasn't happening. So it was December, and the marathon is in January, like we are. And so I told my coach, you know, I think I kind of want to go for the marathon and just do a Hail Mary and try and qualify. And the stars aligned, and it ended up working. And you'd never run a marathon before? I had not run a marathon. Oh I, I've, been, I've run for a long time. And so, and I've run a lot of half marathons. I, have, I had a lot of experience running. I was doing the mileage. So it came I together. It. It came so together. was it harder or easier than you thought it would be? Mm. Okay. It was actually easier oh. than I, I thought. Should I just push her off the stage yeah. right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> but the, okay. Here's the thing. It was easier than I thought, but I felt like that that's good for some people where some people can just do a speedy half and they can knock it out, but I was better at the long, steady distance. So I think that's just, you know, for everyone, some people have that like fast twitch and they can go fast and do that. And, but some people are better at long, slow distances and maintaining that speed over a mm -hmm. longer distance. And that's where my strength was. Yeah. Well, and it yeah. is, continues to be. We just have to get back out at 26.2. We have post, to, yeah. We post Drew, right? <laughs> post Drew. We we'll find that out. We'll find that out someday. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find that out. Yeah, so tell us tell us a little bit about the trials themselves, That how that I know is a hot day in Los Angeles. We all watched it on TV. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some yeah, of was, us did. Some was, of us. The hottest, uh, that was the hottest trials in record. Oh, boy. Um, so there was a lot of dropping out of the race. I ended up running 20 miles um, of the race and then dropped out, which... I was okay with, like I, we had said before, just being there and the experience was Because it was amazing. a month after it was... Yes. So I had, I raced the marathon here in Houston in January and then February, the next month I raced the marathon mm -hmm. and it's not really advisable to do two marathons within a month. Um, Especially at that yeah. intensity. So I was, yes. So I was, I was okay with how the marathon went. 
Good. But it sounds like you went a little further. It sounds like you were kind of plotting dropping out before, and then you ran into you hooked up with somebody. And wow, this interview. This um, I just read it yesterday, so it's very fresh in my mind. <laughs> I, I haven't morning, watched any so. Netflix since then. So um, yeah, so I was. I was planning on dropping out and then I met up with another girl who was kind of struggling and she really didn't want to drop out. She was like, do you think we can make it? Do you think? And I didn't know who this girl was. And so I said, you know what, let's just easy run together. Let's just get through some like, you know, till the next point. And so we did, we ran together because when you're running with someone, the burden is always lighter and the burden is nice. always easier when you have a partner to run with. Um, is always lighter when you're running with somebody. That is the truth. <laughs> Hashtag the truth. I, I grab my pen. And yeah. I'm like, I need to write that down. <laughs> That's lovely. Well, and so then you got, um, you've had Drew in the meantime since yes. running that. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us kind of about your running during pregnancy um, and kind of how it's progressed. So, okay. So, um I found out I was pregnant and then I, I started running. I, no, I started running. Sorry. I continued running and, um, but I cut back on my mileage a little bit. I was still, everything I was doing while I was pregnant, I was very cognizant of just doing what I could do and just not having any goals, any times, but just trying to get in what I could get in. If it was a rainy day, I'd be like, oh, well, I guess I'm not running today. (laughs) And, and, um, which wasn't my norm, which is different. So I really just took it easy and relaxed. I was doing some workouts, but everything I was doing was like, I think I'll go do some 800 reps today. I'm sorry. I'm like twisting and turning you, touching you. Um, anyway, so, um, so that my, my running while I was pregnant was just what I could do and just very relaxed um, because I was growing a human. And so I was trying to take it easy. And uh, then when I got to about 34 weeks or so, I was having a lot of pressure um, on my shins. Mm. And so I, that's where I stopped. And I decided um, to go ahead and just do the elliptical and a lot of walking at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, I mean, sorry, we didn't even get into, yeah. like, how it feels bladder-wise when you're running when you're pregnant. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. We love TMI. Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, right. no, no, no. I mean, seriously, <laughs> tell us more. Tell seriously, more. tell us more. Uh, that was, uh, you know, each day was a different adventure because with your bladder, you're like, this might be the last day. I don't think I can take anymore. I am about to pee on myself. Oh, my gosh. I just said that out loud. Yeah, good, very good. Very good. <laughs> we talk about a lot worse. Did you, do you use a um, maternity belt? I did. I did. I used a maternity belt. Uh-huh. Um, and so that helped a little bit. I, that did help, especially alleviating because it lifts you up and alleviates the pressure off your bladder a little bit. Yeah. Not all the way. No. But it does help a little bit. Yes. Wow. So you felt like the belt for you, the number one reason to use the belt was to relieve the pressure on your bladder, not just to kind of like hold up this bulk that's kind of just. Well, that too. It's all together. Mm-hmm. It all, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a it's a multitude of reasons why you're wearing this belt and you're uh-huh. running around with the belt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the, especially because you're such, you have such a slight frame and, you know, so, I mean, you know, I, I, I picture like, you know, the python that has eaten the lamb, right? Or like the goat or whatever. And you're just like, you know, a skinny little snake with this huge belly, you know? Yeah. yeah. You definitely need as much support as you can get. Now tell me, I saw a woman the other day running with a maternity belt and she was wearing it on the outside of her clothes. Did you wear it on the outside or the inside? Because when I wore one, I wore it on the inside, like under my clothes. Okay. So in Houston, mm-hmm. like we were talking about earlier, it's very humid and hot. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time I'm not wearing a shirt while I was mm-hmm. running. Okay. And so you're wearing, or you're wearing a, I'm wearing a sports bra or yes, most of the mm-hmm. time it was in a sports bra. And so it was just on my stomach. Okay. All right. Okay. And I, yeah, my husband did give me a little bit of hard time because it looked a little funny with just like running around <laughs> with you have this yeah. belt on uh-huh. you. You, you just need to keep your wallet and you, you know, a couple little things. It's like, it's your fanny pack almost practically. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You could use it as that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mul- the multitude of reasons. Yes, it goes a on European and on. European tourist. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you know, on our Facebook page and other meeting people, we talk to some women who DNF, um, and that it can be a challenging to accept mentally after the fact. Like, so could you talk a little bit about accepting, like, okay, you know, that you didn't finish at the Olympic trials? Yes. So I. For DNFing, I feel like at the Olympic trials, I was okay with the experience. I knew that I'd run 20 miles and there was only six left. And so when you think about it like that, it's like, it was only six. Why couldn't you do that? But you know what your body is going through. And there wasn't really a point to put any more stress on my body or to put any more um, possibility of injury. And so I think that's a big thing when you're running these races is you have to be self-aware. You could finish, but is that finish going to lead you to an injury? Is that finish going to hurt you to where, oh, I can't run for several months because I'm having to get through this injury, where if I just stop, um, you know, would I be able to do another run sooner and have the results that I would like to have? Yeah, we oftentimes say that, you know, there's always other races, but you only have one body. Mm Mm-hmm. So yes. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I have to say, just as a spectator, we came and watched the Olympic trials here in Houston in 2012, right, mm-hmm. Sarah? Yes. And um, and it was really cool because they did like five laps around the city, so you got to see them, um, mm-hmm. the runners. Did anyone else go to those? Yeah, yeah. really fun, right? But, but um, totally perspective changing, right? Because somebody like Megan, who was maybe not having the best day, looked like, oh my gosh, she's so slow, you know? And she's still <laughs> going to come in probably under three hours, but, you know, the pack, the, the mean is so fast that, you know, someone who is visibly struggling, which I, we know that they all struggle, but I mean, it's just such a different um, experience and mm-hmm. really cool. I mean, it's, it was so cool to see such efficient, fast runners and them like helping each other out and like you said, I mean, that was just, if you ever had the opportunity to see that, it was very, very And you, I remember what struck you the most was that uh, you were like, I was taking pictures and it seemed like their feet were never on the ground. Like there was oh, no... Oh, then I went back and looked and there was, they're literally, like, it was hard, like, to get it was hard to, we plod, right? Sarah and I, the point is Sarah and I right now, Megan doesn't plod, but you know, like it's hard to get both feet off the ground in a race picture. These guys, every single picture, like there was, there was no air under their shoes. Air is under their shoes. They flew for 26 miles, basically. I was going to say, that's how I run in my dreams that I don't actually touch the ground. And so you, you do that in reality. So, um, so postpartum details, tell us a few things that about getting back into running after having drew that maybe could apply to, you know, some mother runners, um, as well. Um, okay. So postpartum, I was just trying to be very, um, patient. Hmm. I was trying to be very patient and I was trying to take my time getting into it. And, um, so I, I did. Okay. So, I, but, but I had a plan. That's the difference. So I had a plan. And so I knew that I wanted to get back into it fairly, um, Sorry, I've, I'm saying patient, but now I'm going to say quickly. But not that not that I was wanting it to be quick, but just that I wanted to make sure that I was moving in the right direction. Like I wasn't just sitting around um, taking time for no reason. So I had a week where I was resting, and then I started walking right after that. And, I, and then I was trying to do the elliptical and get into it. Um, and so my big thing that I would tell people, 
I have a coach also. And so I would recommend that. So you're not having to do that yourself. You're not saying, oh, should I go run four miles today? Should I go run this? But I would say it's very important to have a coach and to have someone who knows what they're doing and to help you plan. So you're not aim aimlessly trying to make this plan yourself, but you can have partner with someone to make a plan. Mm -hmm. And I would think that's, that's a super huge thing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and so, um, so did you wait when did you wait six weeks before you ran or did you, were you running prior to, um, your postpartum when, when, um, I when was, I was running prior to six weeks, but when I say running, I was running like a minute, like running a minute walking for several mm -hmm. minutes. And so, but I had checked it out. My, my doctor knows that I run. And so I was very, um, communicative with him to see when I could start. See what makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Okay, well, so tomorrow, so have you run a race since having Drew? I have not. Oh, I have okay. not Exciting. run a race. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. I don't know where I am. We'll see how, yeah, tomorrow. Well, well yeah, so, so tomorrow you're going to start <laughs> at the back of the pack, which is meaning that you are going to be at the back of all the marathon runners and all the half marathon runners here in Houston. So you're going to be the last woman to start cross the yeah. starting line. Yeah, yes. last woman starting. It's yes. capitalized. <laughs> L-W-S, capitalized, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so what does that mean, obviously, besides the pull, the position that you're in? Um, and how does that factor into your goals and approach for the race? So I'm the last person to cross the finish line. I'm, yeah, no, sorry. not the finish. No, no, hopefully not the finish. <laughs> the starting line. I'm the last one to cross the starting line. And so after everyone else, and what I'm doing is through, I'm partnering with the um, Marathon Foundation, the Chevron Marathon Foundation, to raise money. Um, and so people will pledge, or you can do a one-time donation. And so for every person I pass, that's, making money for Chevron, Chevron Marathon Foundation. Mm -hmm. And so that is the goal, to pass as many people during the race um, and make as much money as mm -hmm. we can for the um, community outreach programs. Nice. For nice. Houston, yes. yes. And so do you think that's just going to make you so hungry to, like, nip, you know, nip people off as you go along? Um, I'm a pretty competitive person to begin with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but yes, that definitely helps. I mean, there's several different um, platforms. So children's um, youth programs, youth initiatives, which is, I'm a teacher at First Baptist Academy. Oh, and awesome. so that's a huge thing for me. And then also the beautification of Memorial Park, which if you're a runner in Houston, I mean, that's a, a frequent thing that you get to use. Um, do you know how many, like how many dollars, like if you, if you pass me, do, do you make a dollar or do you know, do you know how that works? I don't know how many because people are still pledging. Oh, and so okay. I don't know, I don't know the total just yet of okay. how much that will be. Okay. okay. And then do someone, they, obviously they track it by the chip on your shoe, but I mean, do you think you're going to be counting in your head? Like, I don't know, that was number 100, 101, two, three. I think that would probably be very challenging. I was thinking about that the other day during my run, like, oh, could I count? And then I was like, no, I don't think I really could. Uh -huh. <laughs> um. So yeah. gonna ch but so one of the things that I like to talk about a lot during a race is talking to people, right? Um, and like making it a party because running can be such a solo sport. And as you might know from having Drew, can be a little isolating being a mother sometimes. Yes, so here we yes. are with like all these like-minded people and it's really fun and you got this party atmosphere and the whatever. Are you planning or are you are you going to sit and chat with people as you pass them or are you are you going? All business. She looks all business, but yeah. I just want to <laughs> you know her rope in case she <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in my mind. I was thinking all business, like, let's go, let's go. But that might be fun to sit and chat and see, you know, talk to some people along the way. And say hi or encourage them. And it like, definitely hey, encourage. Okay, bye. <laughs> Watch my five-minute mile. That's a, oh, I wish. 
that's the thing that's the thing. that's the not a huge part of running is the social aspect and just the encouragement and the team bonding through these people especially not especially but people you don't even know like mm -hmm. i'll meet so many people out running in a memorial park that you just you know run in the same pace with and it's like hey let's share the share some miles together as we're going and yeah so that's definitely that's a great idea okay all right well and so and do you have another race in mind after this one after you you know break that postpartum bubble i so that's that's actually what i've been doing this week is lining up my race schedule oh. and so what i'll do i'll go find a bunch of races that i want to do and i will write them all down and reasons to do them and um kind of make a list and some of them fall on the same weekend so then you figure out which ones you think would best benefit your racing so i don't know exactly okay. what i'm going to do next are you interested in doing another marathon or? yes yes, yes. Okay. i within this year is my plan so i'm okay. not really sure if that's going to be in like the spring summer or if we're going to do fall winter yet okay so i'm just curious what what are reasons for doing a race like is it location for you is it schedule is it what um location would be one schedule but and so i I don't. I'm. I wouldn't jump into another marathon before I did some halves and sure. things like that. And so it just kind of falls where if my big race is going to be the marathon, and I would like to qualify for next trials, and so that's kind of my goal. And so then you back it up, so you figure out when that big race is going to be, and then you back it up before that to all the races that you need to do before. So some halves, some five Ks, depending on what you're working on. If some, if you need speed, if you need things like that. So that's kind of how cool. I figure those out. Nice. Okay, so in that same article that we read online, you were quoted as saying running is something you have to be very patient with. So yes. talk a bit about that, especially how that truism applies no matter what your pace or goals are. Like it's just as true for a 543 marathon or as you a 243 marathon. Yes, yes. Um, that is a huge thing. And actually, I, I, I trained some women, and that's one of the conversations I was having with one of them recently is – she's ready to Boston qualify. And so she wants to do that in Houston. And I think she definitely can. And I think it's going to be a great race for her, but she's, you know, dead said it has to happen. And so I've been talking to her like that running goals take a long time. Some of these women that you see that are winning the trials and doing things like that, they have worked decades for their goals and like years and years. And so it's, something that you have to be patient running is not an overnight sport and it's not an overnight success story and i wish it was for everyone's sake as well as mine because that would be so easy <laughs> it would be but then we wouldn't get those really good like you know social media images right, right exactly know, like mile is, you know, and so go. patience is a huge thing and so if you're just willing to stick it in stick it out put in the miles and then you will get your goal eventually, but it's really something that just takes time. It takes time for your body to process those miles, to process what it's doing. And goodness gracious, that's the, the downside of running is time and patience. Yes. Time <laughs> and goodness patience. Goodness gracious is right on that one, right? <laughs> awesome. Yes, so. Well, thank you, Megan. And so um, what, one more question for you, an easy one, um, with our next guest who's um, waiting in the wings in mind. Mm -hmm. Do you push through in, your stro in a stroller? Or do you run by yourself? We have a few times. We're not as great as Callum with the stroller yet. We're mm. working that way. We're working up, but um, yeah. we've done it a few times, but not. Um, we haven't done any races or, or signed up for any. That's no. not on. Not on my mind. Maybe. Maybe so. Mm -hmm. I'll get some inspiration from Callum in this next segment yeah. and see. Yeah, and then, you know, then I'll go sign up for one. Perfect. Good. Good. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Megan. Good luck Thank tomorrow. You. Have fun. Thank you so much. Good off. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Okay. Take the take the seat. All right. 
Hello, Bammers. Yeah. <laughs> Look oh, at that. He's got the lingo. Oh, got yeah. the lingo. So, yes, our next guest holds not one, but two world records pushing a running stroller. In 2016, Callum Calneff set the world record for running a marathon pushing a stroller with his four-year-old daughter. Let me repeat that. His four-year-old daughter in the stroller. Then later that same year set a record running a half marathon pushing a stroller with his then one-year-old as his passenger. Thanks for joining us, Cal. Thanks so much for having me. It's uh, an honor to be on a network primarily built on uh, mothers, but I'm, I'm happy to represent the fathers as well. And uh, I, I was kind of warned, actually, that you guys can go into depth with, with women and, and talk uh, <laughs> women things and that you guys would be s- gentle on me. But So are you going to be having your period tomorrow, Cal? Because <laughs> it can make you stronger, you know. Yeah. I would like to say I am not shy. So okay, good. Okay, good, good. nothing off limits today. All right. Glad to, glad, good to hear. Well, so first I want to know what are those world records for your marathon? What's your world record marathon time pushing a stroller? Yeah. So in 2016, I ran with Holland, who was one at the time, and we ran one hour and 11 minutes. Okay. It was uh, about three weeks after this Houston Marathon event, I had run 223 in the marathon. And actually, a frustrating 223 is... as uh, We know how that goes. I know, right? We all know <laughs> that, right? I just didn't have the perfect race. And obviously, I was fit, and I put it together three weeks later to recover very quickly and push my kid in the stroller and just had a phenomenal day. Yeah. There. So and, one and eleven half. I'm sorry. One eleven yeah, yeah. half, and then a two twenty three marathon. Is that your marathon strolling time? Uh, no, two thirty one with the stroller. With the yeah. stroller. Okay. Yeah. Two thirty one. Okay. Yeah. 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 So so yeah. Start by telling us about your passengers. Um, you know, yeah. how old are they now, and do they still ride in the stroller with you? Yeah. So Alessandra, Ali, uh, she's now six, and so two years ago we did the full marathon record up in Toronto, uh, in front of a lot of family because we have a lot of family in the Toronto area. Uh, my mom and dad are from there, and as well as my wife's parents. Oh, um, cool. Allie's still, at the age of coming up on seven, loves to be in the stroller. No way. Oh, and my gosh. Can we, we clone her? <laughs> <laughs> we just had the realization that she's, like, too big. I Actually, uh, we went to the mall one rainy morning, and we, we went with all the old mall walkers, like the grandparents, because I couldn't run outside. And uh, that was when we realized she didn't really fit anymore. Uh-huh. Her feet were dragging on the ground yeah, or something. her head was out the top. And, yeah, more open like a wheelchair. Su- open yeah. up the sunroof. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. and But does Holland still go in the stroller? Holland loves it as well. And we have a third daughter. I can mm. only produce females. So, again, <laughs> i got to prepare myself. I'm in a you house of, say. of four women. So Progesterone is coming your way. Yeah, exactly. Estrogen. Estrogen, yep. yep. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Holland loves it, and her little sister, Maya, who does not have a world record. <laughs> the, the non- <laughs> Terrible, right? Can we yeah. get her a 10K one, I know. I, I can't afford that therapy bill, so I'm going to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Ma- Maya's just one years old, and she has joined me as well. She, she loves it, and sh- it's funny to see all three of them go through uh, joining me on runs and uh, the third one took actually a little bit longer to get used to being in the stroller mm. i noticed she needed a, to be a bit older she just for some reason didn't like the bumps as much and mm. so you kind of get the the feedback and everyone knows every kid is so different right mm-hmm. yep, you get uh, the feedback yes. for sure well we're gonna we're gonna get to some stroller okay. pushing tips later right. because i do i mean uh, cloning a baby who likes to be in the stroller i mean that was not my children i, I have taken one kid that hasn't like being in the stroller my my niece uh was visiting from canada and it was like I'd kidnapped a baby. Like I was running through the neighborhood with a screaming baby, and I didn't even know what to do. And so I know, I know that pain, but fortunately my own kids love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, 
before we get to the strollers, or you know, when we will put a pin in that, um, talk about your own running background. Were you like a junior varsity or junior high runner, like um, Megan, or where, when did you start running? I started running at the age of four years old. I did a kid's one kilometer in 1988, <laughs> and I actually just got to return to that very same race with my own kids. Uh, so the 2018 Cajun Cup in Lafayette. Oh, that's and awesome. The 30th anniversary. Uh-huh. It was a, a great celebration for me. It was very emotional just to have my own kids kind of circle back to where I yeah. began 30 years ago. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I started there, did a lot of youth track programs. My dad was running the Houston Marathon in 80, gosh, 86, 89 he ran. So I was always watching that and joining him on runs. Wait, so he came down from Canada to run, or was he living down yeah, here? Yeah, we were living point? in the States. Yeah, we okay. kind of moved all over the place. That's okay. probably another story. Okay, yeah. Itself. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so always going to, started training with him, going to some of his, uh, you know, groups that he would be training with, and did youth track and started racing myself uh, right through University of Houston, ran track and cross country, and post-collegiately got into trail and ultra running and marathons and everything else. Wow. Yeah. So you just basically been running. You hit the ground running at age I four did. and haven't stopped. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then did you start stroller running out of necessity or was it, did you be like, hey, this could be a niche that I could fill and, and I think I could do something with it or? I think it was just combining my passion of running and being a father. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say a little bit of necessity and uh, we had first moved to Houston five years ago, and I know Megan mentioned Memorial Park. It's just similar to like a central park. It's just the the mecca of running in our area. Uh, we were in the area, and I started taking Allie there. Uh, she was just one years old at the time, and I saw how much she loved it, but I also saw that dynamic between us two, how different it was without mom around. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's just wildly different. And when mom's out of the picture, and, and it's not... Uh, say that mom's bad influence or anything on the yeah. relationship but it's just different oh it's just and it's good for each parent to have their own relationship with yeah. the child especially when they're young it's hard you know yeah and i saw how much she loved it she was outside uh you know i've never brought the tablets or screens along we, we bring music that was always we'll get into tips but music um has got me a few more miles out sure. of each run for sure uh, but I just saw the relationship and the bonding and how much they loved being outside and taking it in just like why we love running that pace. You can move through the area efficiently, quick, and see a lot, but you can also take it in. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what, what was the first time you decided to race with the stroller? Uh, it was about a year after uh, we were running with the stroller. Uh, I found a race that would let us in a 5K and actually start up the front. I explained that it would be safer for us to be at the front and not the back, m- mowing sure. people down. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you had uh, to explain that you're fast, though, right? Yeah. And they started recognizing who I was in the community. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so they trusted me to be safe and everything. Uh-huh. And I still got a little bit of flack about it because we ran 15.45 for the, for the 5K. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you think the stroller ever helps you running? Like, because I... <laughs> Is that or is that? Because you get to lean over and push on it. Well, I'm just thinking about. I I I completely admit a very imperfect comparison, but um, you know, my dog. I have a bigger dog and like helps up the hills, right? Like you know, I can. He's a nice little like I water ski behind him. Does that does the opposite happen when you're going down a hill? Do you get your feet turning over a little bit faster or anything? Okay, short answer, no. And fortunately, I have some data to back it up. So in uh, 2015, I won the same half marathon where we set the world record, and I ran 109. Oh, okay. And so we came back the year later and ran 111. Okay. And 
it's just, yeah, the physics of having a stroller in front of you, it is definitely, and as everybody knows, it's not easier. Sure. No, uh, not. I've, no, I've had a few people online troll me and say that yes. it's easier to run with a stroller. And, ah. um, Let yeah. me guess those were men who said that, maybe? Oh, men. Yeah, men. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with them? That was, uh, yeah, I, I kind of knew the answer to that, but I just yeah. wanted to throw that out there just in case. Um, but uh, interesting fact, Guinness, before the marathon, actually checked the stroller for motors, so mechanical <laughs> doping. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the rules. They send, like, so what, they send they out did. Uh, like a spokesperson or something? Or they what? send an adjudicator. Adjudicator. Yes. Look at that. Word. That's a big, and, yeah. Yeah, and they actually checked that it was an out-of-the-box stock, non-modified, non-customized stroller. So it's one that you can buy off the shelf today. Wow. And that's what we use, the Thule Glide. The Thule yeah. Glide. And so uh, aptly named. Uh-huh. Yeah. So do you go into like a Barnes and Noble now and pull off the Guinness Book of World Records and show your show your kids, show your family? That's me. Okay, we've done it. Yeah, we've done it once. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't find a Barnes and Noble more than one of them. So, right. <laughs> um, so I don't know. To give us a couple anecdotes that stand out in your mind from training runs or races with your daughters. Uh, yeah, building up to the marathon. That was just such a special time because um, Allie joined me, and, and the reason I wanted her to join me is because it would be something that she would remember as well. And Aww. so she would get a you know a 26 mile tour of Toronto, uh, where my mom grew up, where her family lived. And so, oh my um, gosh, that's so fun! It kind of gives me the chills. Just yeah, and, yeah, and not only did I have to be ready, but she had to be ready. So we started going on these weekend trips. You know, your typical long runs that you do every Sunday. And she was coming with me, so I'm packing for two. You know, I'm bringing <laughs> twice the fluids and snacks and everything and uh-huh. packing it up. And we'd go on these destination long runs. So we'd go out to the country where I could be on quiet roads. And every horse she saw was a unicorn. Oh. You know, and, um, it was just this really fun, you know, world that we were in, training yeah. together. Yeah. And yeah. we did up to, I think we did a three-hour run. I bonked pretty hard. I was definitely leaning on the stroller at that one. Okay. But, All right. So, so diapers, diaper changing on the run? No. It's been done, yes. Fortunately, not in a race situation. Okay. All right. um, and, and how bad does it have to be? Like, did you smell the fumes coming <laughs> off? Or does she have to tell you that I want my diaper changed? Yeah. Fortunately, Allie, again, she was uh, very self... Um, can, yeah, she, she could take care of herself. She would take care of me. Yeah. Yeah, she was, she's passing snacks over the handlebars and um, yeah, changing my diaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and what, what snacks, like, do you, like, you hold out for, like, the best ones at the end? Like, the, save the M&Ms or whatever for the end? Yeah, we just do, like, mixed pretzels, the Cheerio kind of mixes and things like that. Uh, the typical kid snacks yeah. that you see out there. And, so and so no, lollipop, no, no lollipops yeah. toward the end? Um, if she can get her eyes on them, it's, it's hers, yeah, uh-huh. for sure. But you, so you have them kind of a bath. Yeah, she's never gotten into my gels, I don't think. That would be in, uh, whew, that yeah, would be a hand her over to uh-huh. mom. and uh-huh. <laughs> Talk about diapers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, all right, so when you were training for those world records, you didn't go out every run with the stroller, right? No. Uh, when we knew the marathon was coming up, we did a lot more, but mm. that was more like three runs a week. Okay. Uh, typically, it's, typically, it's like one to two runs a week where I'm with okay. a stroller, either single and now double. I'll try to take yeah. as many kids as possible off <laughs> my wife's hands for an hour, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm running five to eight times a week, okay. typically. Uh-huh. So yeah. about a third of your runs. Maybe yeah, yeah quite, a, quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I love it. They love it. So all right. So when you do have some, so like when you have two kids, maybe your two older ones, how much weight is that? Yeah, the world record was Allie and the stroller combined with gear and everything was about 55 pounds. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's and not the, the record we beat was an infant, I think, eight to nine months old in the stroller. 
Oh, wow. so way to take him down. Yeah, and, and I didn't <laughs> think that was honestly. I didn't think that was right. You know, again, talking about diapers, like that kid was in a diaper, the yeah. same one for two and a half hours, and sure, um, maybe needed a, a bottle or something. So yeah. yeah, Allie took care of herself, which was great. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, so so you're pushing so 55 pounds or more, maybe when you go out. For oh, your, the doubles are. Yeah. yeah, the doubles. So talk about like posture and pushing and kind of how yeah. you approach it. Um, to make sure that you are not setting yourself up for injury? Yeah, great question. Everyone thinks that the stroller is going to really affect your form, and I don't think it has to. Uh, I see a lot of parents out there running with the strollers, and they're very, like, rigid death grip on the stroller. Double hand, um, like the thing's going to just run away on them. And and it doesn't. You really have to trust, especially in Houston, it's flat. I know if it's hilly, obviously, you keep a, keep a leash on it. But um, in general, you can have one hand on the stroller, and once you break the momentum of getting moving, uh, the strollers do move efficiently if you have a good one. And that's another thing I'd recommend. Just start by getting the right equipment. If you mm -hmm. have something that drifts to one side all the time or mm -hmm. is squeaky or just anything that's going to ruin your run, uh, you're not going to do it as much. Sure, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. stay, stay light on the bar, dynamic, I call it. And one hand is fine in most cases. And move to side to side. You don't have to be right behind it. You can be off to one side. Do you, I mean, like when you ride a skateboard and, you know, you have a, your dominant leg, do you have, find you have a dominant hand? Yeah, I, I try to switch it up as uh -huh. much as I can, just so uh -huh. you're not developing any of those, you know, imbalances. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, definitely, I've, I've actually have a stroller running injury. Really? I think after, yeah, after the, not right now, but after the uh, Toronto Marathon, the, the abductor, just from that little bit of a push, was definitely pretty sore, and it affected my knees and gait and everything. Wow. But wow. That, was, that was after a full marathon, full out. 530 miles, you know, for 26. So is that is that could that be in the Guinness Book of World Records too? The first, <laughs> the first stroller, stroller pushing injury. injury. Yeah, they put anything in there now. Yeah, milk it for all it's worth. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, and you talked a little bit about music. So, how do you keep your ones that are a little bit older? Like, do you, are you chatting with them the whole time? Are you singing along? Like, tell us how you engage with them. Yeah, I mean, they're they're always picking up on what they're seeing. So, picking up on the various animals and things we see, and they're always wild in their imagination. Especially Ali, she, like the unicorns. unicorns. Oh, she <laughs> loves unicorns. And if you have girls, you're you're in it. So, um, yeah, and just being up to speed on all your facts on flora and fauna, and you know the facts of the world and what's going on. They just love to hear all that stuff. And um, the music comes in handy later on when they're getting tired and sometimes they sleep. I've had a few sleepers, uh -huh. but mainly they're, in, they're pretty engaged and asking me the hundred questions a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And can you agree on music or is it Rafi or something like that? You know I mean? Or is it Katy Perry and you can both land on that? Oh yeah. The girl pop is mm, yeah, yeah. yeah, a little Taylor Swift. Yeah. yeah it's mm -hmm. loud in our house. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then did she talk to you during the race? Cause I'm thinking about, um, I, when I would travel with my older daughter and I'd put her in a, um, one of those back carrier yeah. things and we were, had to run through O'Hare to make a connecting flight mm -hmm. and she was yelling, faster mama, faster. Yes. So, I mean, just, yeah. And, and sometimes I've actually like trained her to, like, you know, oh, tell, to you. tell this, me, this is know. what I like to hear. Yeah, like, <laughs> We're on an uphill, like really tell me to go. But yeah, they ask quite a few questions. So I know in the Toronto marathon, we passed a, like a BMX park that really stood out to her. And she asked what that was or a movie theater. And we talked about what movies we we're going to go see after. Cool. So, wow, yeah. you had that at a 5:30 pace pushing a 55 pound stroller. You had enough to say yes. Well, we will see Toy Story me. three. So, so here's the <laughs> thing you have to remember is number one above being a runner or a racer that day. I had to be a dad, and if mm. anything were to go wrong, uh, there was always that bank of energy. And I told the race that I was going to be safe about it. And so it wasn't like I went to the well that day, finished on my hands and knees. You sure. know, 
uh, even if at mile 26 something were to go wrong, uh, I was there number one for her, and the record would have been off at any point. Sure. So that's that's yeah. I like that. You're always you're always yeah. a, a parent first, as yeah. You know, when you have kids, it changes everything. Yeah. You have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so, I, but I do have a question for you. So, do you have another? Do you want to beat any of these records, or do you want to run a 10k with your youngest, or any, or are you like good and they're ready for someone else to pick them off when they're ready? No, we're gonna. I think we're gonna go after some double stroller records soon. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, okay. so put two together. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you have Do you have a race in a timeline in mind, or is that is that to be determined? To be determined. I won't throw anything out there right now, but okay. yeah, it could be soon. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right, just not might just have to borrow Drew. His hair weighs a lot. We actually have similar haircuts right now. I noticed like, that. Yeah. I wasn't going to mention. <laughs> yeah. That's so, uh, Megan's baby, Drew, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, so you've done some pretty amazing ultra marathons. Sounds like without the stroller, um, Comrades Ultra, World 50K. So, um, what do you find most challenging about ultra races? Well, I, I love ultra running because, especially the 50K distance, for me, it kind of levels the playing field. So mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm racing the best athletes in the world. I mean, pretty much they're, they're here for the half marathon, especially uh, from East Africa, primarily. And I find that when you go beyond the 26-mile distance, all of a sudden I'm closer to them and competitive with them more so than in these shorter distances. So sure. mm-hmm. uh, I really love that aspect. I found that, yeah, my body is fueled and more efficient for those longer distances. And so I really love that part of it. Do you like um, being on the trails? I do love the trails. I found that really just rejuvenated my running. I was so burnt out after college being on the track and the road so much uh, that I actually stopped running after college for a year or so. Wow. But then was up in Canada in the Rockies area, found that I could move efficiently with less weight if I was running and started just running these longer distances and fell back in love with running again and got into racing it and then now I'm here. So there you go. Yeah. Well, and so um, I know we all have different pa- uh, perspectives, right? Um, I was talking about Colorado Dry, and Sarah's got wet Portland, and everybody in Houston here seems to be a little freaked out about the cold tomorrow. The cold, which I'm putting in air quotes, right? Um, so can you talk a little bit about how you will approach, you know, dressing, and also just talk about why that's probably a better thing than, you know, I mean. Again, like what would you do if you were talking to, because are you running the half or the full tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm running the half marathon. The half. Okay. So um, if you were talking to somebody who's going to run, say, a 210 half marathon, what would you tell them to think about as far as dressing and then also um, just kind of their perspective with the cold? Because it is, that's, it's more the anomaly here. Yeah. So number one is just going into tomorrow with the right mindset. So Mm -hmm. you know that the drive is probably going to be a little worse with traffic. You know that going through that convention center and dropping your bag and dealing with extra gear and people that are frustrated that didn't go through this mentally beforehand um, are having a bad day already. Mm. And so you don't want those negative thoughts already creeping into Mm -hmm. what is supposed to be the best two hours of your life, you know, coming up that you've been preparing for for three months. Sure. So mentally just know that it's going to take extra time. Um, and then have some throwaways in the shoot. You know, they, they collect that stuff and they give it to people who actually need it. So that's a really good uh, start. And then uh, be modular with your actual race clothing. And I mean, uh, wear sleeves or something that you can roll down, maybe discard or maybe hang on to because you're going to turn north at some point and need it again and into that north wind so you can put it back on. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't overdress to the point you're sweating and then that freezes. Mm-hmm. And just so you're able to ad- adapt to it as, as you feel that's a good, I love that. Be modular with Be your Be modular closure. with your gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I do that too because some, you know, like, you know, you, you buy the inexpensive gloves or whatever and you're like, oh, I, I'll just throw them away on them. I was like, oh no, I might need them at some point. And I always thought it was because I was um, thrifty and now I've decided it's because I'm modular. You're modular. You yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, I, and the I, gloves, I mean, definitely starting with definitely the gloves. Definitely gloves makes a big tomorrow. Difference. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. for colder temps. I yeah. know up in, in Canada, we always had a saying, especially for cross country skiing, it was be bold, start cold. Mm, and so it's okay like to it. be a little bit on the cold side and with less clothing and start and then you warm up over okay. the first couple of miles. And it might actually set your race up really nice, too. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone always goes out too hard. So let the first couple of miles be that warm-up period. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Nice. So I was intrigued to see you ran an indoor marathon a few years ago, going from the cold to indoors. Uh, to, as you know, 211 laps around a 200-meter indoor track. Oh, so, so how do you keep your focus and intensity burning bright while you're going around and around and around and around? Surprisingly, that marathon was one of my my best experiences um definitely was racing at the time so i'm in that zone and and racing other guys but the music was blaring for one and i actually uh had to keep keep calm when acdc or something came on you know it's like (laughs) very you know it's a very intimate atmosphere and i wish there was more of that going on and uh, i'm trying to actually get together very soon in april to do a 50k 250 laps oh my gosh on the new university of houston track that they've put in is it uh, that so indoor or outdoor? Indoor banked track. Okay. Well, yeah. that's the thing. The banked, that doesn't, you don't, do you switch direction at some we point? We did. At okay. one hour, they, we went around a cone and started the other way. Okay. Yeah. Because otherwise you would open yourself up to injury, right? Yeah. Everyone said you'll never run again after this <laughs> marathon. Your hips are going to be done. Uh-huh. And the next morning I ran 11 miles through Central Park. I've never done that after a marathon and I've run quite a few. Oh my gosh. It was the fastest recovery because the surface is wood. It's a little bouncy. Uh, it's a track surface. So, and this was in New York that you ran. It is in New York, yeah. Okay, so these are not just Canadian things. These indoor. No, marathons. yeah, okay, it was yeah. Uh, the uh-huh. famed Armory Track. It's somewhere oh, I yeah. always wanted to run, but was never actually really fast enough to be like on the track for the mile mm-hmm. at these really famous New Balance indoor meets and Armory meets. And I finally got to go there and do more laps than anybody ever had. <laughs> so, and yeah. how many people do an indoor marathon? I mean, I would think it's a little crowded. Yeah, there was only, I think, eight of us selected, oh. and uh, there was one girl in there, actually, um, Allie uh, Schaefer. Or no, not Allie Schaefer. Um, Allie, I can't remember her name right now. Okay. But uh, Allie, she ran, actually, a world record at the time for indoor, so there's a whole separate category there. Mm. And so I didn't want to be, like, I guess the joggler chasing all these obscure records. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot out there that I have to define for myself. I'm now, like, the stroller guy or... The guy that'll do those kind of weird things, and, that, and that's okay. I kind of embrace it. Yeah, I was when I was looking over some of your records. I'm like, oh, you you seem to like go for the niches. Yeah, and you know, there's a hundred Ethiopians right now that could just <laughs> on a daily basis hand it to me. You know, and um, but they're not on Instagram, and <laughs> they they don't push their kids in strollers, and they're not doing indoor marathons, and they're not connecting with. Uh, the the other runners and sure. that's what this is all about really you know it's been it's been my language my whole life this wherever we lived I've lived in uh, I'll tell you now I was born in Aberdeen we went to Lafayette we went to London England Bangkok Thailand Calgary wow. Alberta Melbourne Australia wow and this was all before high school what 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 brought you, what was the oil reason? field and oil yeah, field. Okay. we're sitting in front of Chevron and okay. you know, <laughs> yeah. Aramco <laughs> services yeah Houston brought me back here in my own work okay and um, so it's always been my connection to the people and the places wherever we've lived. So Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you speak the same language. I love That's that. Right. And it looks like you're always looking for new and different challenges like the double stroller. Yeah. 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 So anything else on the, you know, 
coming up this year, I'll be back in Comrades. Uh, if you haven't heard of Comrades, it's a 55 mile. It changes every year a little bit. Uh, ultra marathon on the roads that 20,000 people do every single year in South Africa. In South correct? Africa, uh, it's a one-way point to point, and it changes direction each year. And it's just the most incredible thing I've ever seen. You know, 20,000 people. The elites running about five and a half hours to the back that's coming in under 12 hours and almost walking the whole thing. It's wow. really something the whole country gets behind and does in their lifetime. That's so, so fun. Yeah, it's wow. a really cool community there. I didn't realize wow. it was so large. Yeah. yeah. Or that it had that many kind of just pedestrians, for lack of a better yeah, term. Yeah, it's like a national holiday, and you either know oh. somebody that's done it or is about to do it or has done it 20 times or is spectating or helping oh. that day. So it's it's huge there. It's Wow. Yeah, a, a completely different community than we have here. Right. I was about to say, you know, here maybe like I'm thinking about Bloomsday up in Spokane, Washington. Yeah. That's one of the biggest races, and, you know, that seems like everybody there does it, but that's a like – uh, 10k or uh, 15k 15k yeah. Yeah. yeah so i mean there's a difference between a 15k and a 55 mile road race just yeah. a little yeah a little bit. <laughs> so yeah that's what i i'm really looking forward to a fast marathon after the half tomorrow uh-huh. i'll do something in the spring likely uh-huh. and then maybe a 50k worlds in romania is oh. on the list uh-huh. right now we'll see wow yeah okay so given all your racing experience um what's do you have a favorite race besides the houston marathon of course and the right. houston half marathon but i mean are there are there certain places that call your name because you like to to run there definitely just different ones i haven't been to yet i okay. love to travel and incorporate that mm-hmm. um yeah i would say the toronto just always stood out to me because it's such a special one now yeah. to us mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. uh, it's a great marathon that's close for a lot of people here to do mm-hmm. uh houston's great to to the athletes in the community Gosh, what else? I love, I guess my favorite place to run has to be Tahoe. Oh, and yes. so not so, oh, no much too. race, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just love that area. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Lake Tahoe, I mean, you see those bumpers, that say, keep Tahoe blue. And until yeah. you go to Lake Tahoe, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, it's so blue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, get up on the rim trail if you ever have the, the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. I great. Yeah. that. Awesome. Well, well, good well, luck tomorrow. Have fun. Thanks for joining thank us, you so Father much. Runner. Yes. All right, thank Wait, you. No, I have to know: is are your, do you have a cheering squad tomorrow? Like, do they come out when you're when you're not pushing them? Not, not always. So yeah, it's tomorrow's early. You know, it is. I start at seven and be done at eight oh seven, hopefully. So it's just an hour. That's very hard to to catch me. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you'll uh, just go home and be dad. As you know, like getting the kids out the door, dressed ready, and downtown Absolutely. by eight a.m. Not, not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. 20,000 other people yeah. and 100,000 spectators and volunteers. Yeah. Just yeah. share your medal with them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, have a great race tomorrow. Yeah. Thank Thanks you so for much for having me. Thanks for joining Thanks. us. Okay. Great. That was really go. fun. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Well, thank, we want to thank everybody here for coming here, seeing this, and uh, also thanks again to the Houston Marathon organizers for hosting us. It's a great race. Weather looks close to what most people consider ideal for marathoning tomorrow. Um, so definitely, uh, if you're listening, consider putting it on your list of marathons. Consider. And uh, Dimity, tell us what's going on in the Train Like a Mother Club. Hey, everybody. It's Dimity here with your Train Like a Mother Club corner for this mid-January session. Um, I'm coming to you from the 13.1 traditional programs, the half marathon programs, where we have... Uh, run walk, we have a run, we have a race, and we have a crush. So whether you're taking on your first or your most ambitious 13.1, we've got you covered. Um, and Kelsey, who is the new BAM ambassador in the program, uh, put up a post which I thought was pretty fun. She said, um, good morning, ladies. Let's get to know each other. Let's do a roll call. What was your first or will be your first race? Um, and Chris says, I ran Bloomsday in college in 1991. I probably did that like 
I probably did like four training runs prior to that and ran no more than 10 times after that until I discovered another mother runner. And then Deanna says, Silicon Valley half in 2001. I'm not a very consistent runner. Uh, Nancy says, um, my first half marathon was at the Skinny Raven Hightail Half. The walkers get an early start. A women's half marathon race with mimosas and cupcakes in the Rose Garden at the finish. And it's an awesome celebration. And uh, it's in Alaska. And then Jenna says, I was born and raised in Alaska. I'm sorry I moved before I became a runner. Otherwise, I would have loved this race. It sounds awesome. Um, and a couple other ones. Uh, Kara, my first race was the 5K during the Disney Marathon weekend in 2003. Um, and then uh, Kathy says, not counting high school cross country many, many moons ago, um, I got back into running in my 30s with the Gary Bjorkland Half Marathon in 2001. And so just wanted to, that's just kind of fun little uh, fodder for thought. When was your first race or when will your first race be? We'd love to hear about it on the Another Mother Runner Facebook page, or um, you can tweet it to one of us at uh, Dimity on the Run or SBS on the Run. Um, Hope you guys are having a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. So we just debuted a Valentine's Day themed gift package, even though it is still January, but you know, you got to shop ahead. uh, we introduced it in conjunction with Runnerbox. It is loaded with Belega socks, a tube of noon, a trigger point therapy ball, all sorts of yummy chocolates and treats, mile markings tattoos, an Aftershocks microfiber towel. Gosh, there's so many things. Chamois butter, anti-chafe stick, and more. It includes more than $60 worth of goodies, yet it costs just $30. It's limited edition, so buy one as a gift for a friend, a loved one, or yourself. While supplies last, go to therunnerbox.com. That's therunnerbox.com. And wherever you're running, many happy miles.